trending news right now. We look at the last 72 hours since it's Monday, wrapping up the weekend in terms of what's been making hashtags and headlines. Pumelelo Mashifane joining us. Journalist, social commentator, publisher of 013 News. A happy Monday to you, Pumelelo. Good morning. Good morning, Ashanda. Nice to have you back on these airwaves. It's great to be back, but it was also great to be away. I really, really was having fun waking up when the sun also comes up. But <laughs> let's back to the grind and do what needs to be yeah. done. Let's talk about yeah. this pit bull issue because we had one of our uh, listeners, one of our family members talking about it. Uh, stronger laws, not blanket ban, is what the NSPCA is calling for. The National Council of Societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals. They are opposing that we take away uh, uh, pit bulls completely and also saying that there's uh, quite a lot of strain because pit bull owners are now surrendering their dogs at the SPCA centers across the country and there's no capacity. Uh, your your thoughts around this? This is obviously as uh, they were responding to a latest attack, which was a 39-year-old man who was mauled by a, pool ba- uh, uh, a pit bull at a tavern. Yeah, that's just yesterday, um, Asanda. Um, uh, you know, my thoughts around this pit bull thing, um, um, the, the, the SPCA thing that, of course, is experiencing strength across the country because um, um, of, of the tougher banks that have been called on um, the ownership of pit bulls and for tougher laws to be passed um, to punish those who own pit bulls and, and when they go out of control and, and mark somebody down or, or cause death or injury. Um, but, um, you know, what's interesting to me is that, Sandra, this has been a very interesting year. We've seen dozens of teenagers killed in some mystery um, freak uh, accident at a tavern. We've seen tavern killings, um, you know, a spree of them over a period of some weeks. And now the latest thing that's a phenomenon is the thing of victims mowing people down every other day. Mm. And I've sat down and thought about this and I've thought to myself, what if it's the economic conditions um, that we found ourselves in, that people have found themselves owning these dogs and, and obviously part of training a dog is you controlling its diet. Mm how it eats and when it eats and what it eats. And and we know that um, you know, pit bulls border on the on, 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 on being almost wild animals, you know. They're gonna almost eat raw meat. Um and some people go to the extent of training them with raw meat. Mm. Um and that's why they're able to, to, to be as vicious as they are because they are accustomed to blood. Um, and, and I think um, this is just another phenomenon that's brewing out of the economic conditions that uh, uh, ordinary people are finding themselves in, in townships where people who have ordinarily been able to own these dogs and be able to feed them are no longer able to. Um, and, 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 and that's just the only reason I can come up with because, you know, we might blame the tavern killings to this or that phenomenon of... Um, um, uh, illegal miners or whatever. But these are dogs. Um, they can't be organized into performing these, you know, sequential uh, attacks. So, 
what is it what what actually is happening in society and I think this is really telling you know if you go to um, industrial areas like a power station uh, they keep a variety of animals in the ecosystem including snakes and stuff and and this is because it's supposed to detect if there's chemical leakages in in in, in, in the whole system uh, if, if there's anything going are wrong uh, with emissions and controlled, uh, you know, you know, chemicals and stuff like that. And I think those that sort of thing, those animals become indicators for for when something is wrong. And, and I think this thing of pimples is, is something that we should look at probably in a different scale. I think, yeah, definitely the conversations need to continue on this. And and I think the key word for me is, you know, people, the people that own the dogs. As you mentioned, there could be, you know, elements of uh, economics and, you know, people not being able to afford to raise the dogs that they, you know, in the way they should be, because they should be appropriately socialized. Before you take any breed of dog or animal, you must know what the temperament of that animal is, what are the requirements uh, nutritionally, what kind of training does a dog need, and such and such. For me, I, I mean, there's a history to this. First of all, I love dogs, any kind of dog. I, I do feel that as human beings, we might have dominion over nature, but we also need to take care of nature. And the history of uh, pit bulls uh, dating back to the 1800s, these dogs were actually used by the English to protect children. When the uh, uh, families would have to go out into the fields, because, I mean, it was a farming time at those times, and they had to work and uh, get food. They would leave their babies with no one uh, to, you know, at home but the, the dogs, and they were safe until, obviously, time moves on. They now move to the U.S., and they become trained to, to be fighter dogs. And, of course, then the human element coming in, which for me is why, as human beings, we do take nature and, you know, uh, interfere with it in a negative way. And then when nature bites back or strikes back, we, you know, now blame blame nature. And I feel like that's what's happening here. This dog originally was breeded for one thing, and then the human uh, being came in and did their own thing. If a dog is trained to, to train, I mean, sorry, is trained to, to fight, it's going to be a violent dog. But naturally, it was not meant to be that way. I'm wondering when we as human beings start to say, actually, this is our fault, and we need to reverse that. Yeah, I think that's uh, quite a larger debate, and it uh, uh, takes us uh, down the dreary street of idealism, you know, um, and ideological constructs about uh, that very dominion that you're talking about, Asa, uh, over nature, and how far does that go? Um, and and we know that uh, we we do interfere with nature. Um, you know, we we were interfering with. Uh, rain systems were interfering with pressure cells uh, within um, climatic systems in the world in order to advance um, interests in commercial agriculture and and science and so forth. But um, yeah, that is the the sort of uh, devil's advocate question um, that uh, if we do this, then what happens when that happens? And I think um, uh, that we're seeing with the pitbulls, uh, I think not only in South Africa, I think I've seen 
um, stories about it in other parts of the world as well. You know, in in the last uh, sort of six or eight weeks that this has now come into the radar. Uh, but um, as you say, yes, pit bulls as they exist today are a a variable of the original dog, and and, and no doubt that humans have interfered with uh, the genome that uh, uh, inherit uh, or inhibit uh, the the species, and 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 we we through uh, hormone therapy and all sorts of things been able to produce vicious animals that uh, quite frankly border on being wild animals and uh, um, yeah I must say it's, it's become for me uh, one of one of the things I fear the most more by people I, I, I do really think about it often um, and I think what would be my recourse if this would be to, were to happen to me all right, let's talk a hashtag Yaske River drowning. Seven more bodies of churchgoers have been recovered. Two people we had heard initially who had drowned while being baptized in the river with at least 15 church members reported to have been swept away by flash floods. This was Saturday. Absolutely tragic story coming out of the center of Johannesburg uh, this weekend. Um, churchgoers um, in the Yaske River around uh, the Bramley area um, went to the river uh, and there was a, apparently a baptizing ceremony and um, it seems uh, uh, there was a lot of water that was coming downstream at the very same time. And these people uh, got washed away and um, about seven bodies were recovered yesterday and another seven bodies were recovered today going to total and uh, well these seven bodies also church going um, and another uh, person um, who was not uh, uh, part of the church congregation uh, being, being being found you know um, earlier this afternoon or yesterday afternoon uh, a lot of the family members uh, gathered at the Sanction fire station to uh, identify the bodies of those that had been already uh, recovered uh, but that was used before Another bodies, um, like I said, were were recovered, and and that's absolutely um, devastating news. Um, awesome. Mm. Baptism rituals in rivers, as far as caution and safety is concerned, what should happen now? Do you think uh, there should be emergency personnel called to be on standby to, or lifeguards? I don't know what what can happen there because obviously there are also observations in terms of respecting the religious uh, practice. Yeah, it, it becomes it becomes difficult, Asa, because, um, you know, um, religious beliefs are idealistic in, in nature and um, when people go inside, they, they believe that there is a higher power uh, that is 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 coming over them, or that is at play, that uh, is being commanded either by the priest or, or or by 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 the spirit that is, and 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 therefore it becomes very difficult to kind of uh, police that, uh, even though um, you might say the outlook is a bit proactive to say let's have an emergency personnel. But we see it in, in things like uh, the initiation schools where it's been uh, really difficult to get uh, the Department of Health involved 
um, in order to bring in, um, uh, you know, medical uh, supplements and, and aids and bandages and, and things like that in case things go wrong. Uh, but we are making headway in that regard. I don't know about uh, rituals such as baptisms and uh, because um, how does it get planned? Mm. Because sometimes it's an impromptu thing. Um, you might know that you you can go to a spiritual healer and uh, right now to go and say you're going to consult and they might say you need to go to the river now. And therefore, how do we plan uh, for when that happens? But I think um, um, church leaders, if they're going to be going out to uh, rivers and, effect, and, and, and areas like that, uh, given that uh, it is predicted that this summer is going to be uh, one where we experience heavy rainfall. Um, I'd like to check with the South African Weather Services and check um, mm. what is the um, uh, predictions for the weekend or for those days that they're going to be out in the area that they're going to be out because uh, the South African Weather Service does give regular, almost 24-hour updates of, of weather predictions in particular areas. And uh, with, with the heavy rainfalls, we were seeing a lot of dams, uh, sluice gates being opened, um, a lot of dams overflowing, um, and, and, and all that water obviously washing downstream onto rivers uh, that are part of that system. And and it's, it's just so unfortunate when something like this happens because uh, the weather is just those flash floods and, and it, it, it was almost unexpected. I mean, in my area that we're in, we're almost experiencing it on a daily basis. So that, uh, you know, the morning part of the day will be uh, quite warm, but uh, in the afternoon you'll have uh, torrents of rain that come through. So I think people need to be very cautious around river systems, around bridges, low-lying bridges ahead of the festive season because um, a lot of rain is predicted uh, to, to be on the cards. Hashtag Palapala, let's talk about that. Uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa being recused from the ANC National Working Committee meeting, which got underway uh, this Sunday. Uh, Tell us more in terms of this. This meeting was at NASREC. Yeah, I think this has been buzzing since Friday after uh, when um, the the independent uh, Section 89 country panel uh, released its report. Uh, and uh, they had previously written to the Speaker of Parliament and said they'd like to be very transparent about their work and thus far uh, would like to uh, hand over, do the handover ceremony uh, in public uh, so as to guide the public, I think, uh, on on and give contextual understanding on what were the terms of reference and what was able to be fulfilled and what is contained in the report, of course, um, that report finding that there was uh, uh, prima facie evidence uh, that the president had a case to answer to also. Not that he's guilty of anything, uh, but that uh, there were reasonable grounds or uh, believable grounds to uh, um, therefore uh, conclude that the president had a case to answer. Now, 
uh, that has caused the furore because uh, given that finding, as well as um, uh, what the said uh, charges or possible charges could be or contraventions of the Constitution um, and the President's oath of office, those being read together have led to an onslaught uh, on the President by uh, um, uh, political parties who are represented in Parliament uh, under uh, the multi-party forum um, and various uh, stakeholders in society saying uh, the President must resign. Of course, uh, international and both local news agencies, one of the big news agencies, uh, going ahead and saying the president would, uh, was expected to resign on Friday evening. And indeed, at, uh, for briefly a period there, uh, the presidency had said that the president would address the nation. But we've since learned that uh, the president went into a heavy consultation with uh, his advisors, with uh, a very, very uh, many other people um, uh, in Cape Town for much of the weekend that it was in. The ANC NEC um, calling an urgent meeting um, that Friday, but uh, that being cancelled as well after, uh, in favour of a meeting on Saturday that was to be held in person at the Nazareth Expo Centre where um, the party's uh, 56th national conference will take place um, just under 13 days from now. Um, uh, so it's really been a rolling weekend of, of news around this Pala Pala thing. Uh, but I think by Sunday, um, the story being out is that the president uh, would be taking that uh, report on review on, on, on judicial review and um, uh, that he was going to throw all his cards in and face uh, uh, up like the biggest political fight, I think, of his life. In whatever um, way this issue resolves itself, do you think it will make any difference to the ANC's reputation at this stage? whether Ramaphosa stays or, or leaves, whether there's a case of impeachment made against him and whatever uh, else that could result? Well, I think also the ANC is facing a very tough uh, position in its history. Um, it is almost um, just teetering uh, on the 50% mark of the electorate. And uh, I think uh, the most uh, robust conversation that's happening in the ANC right now is exactly about that. Whether uh, we want to view it from a factional perspective to say uh, those who are in power, uh, uh, you know, are, are, are planning to protect uh, the political power and the political deployments that they have, or whether the party as um, a, 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 a governing party, a liberation party, that uh, have been championing the transformation agenda since 1994 and uh, uh, fashioned itself as, as, as still being in pursuit of achieving uh, those objectives. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, those two are quite aligned at this, at this point in time. And, and um, you've got one section of the party that may be fighting for... Um, really what the ANC stands for. And you may have another section of the party that uh, is really only interested in 
um, uh, you know, um, securing the status quo. And I think that's the basis of protectionism in the ANC right now. And uh, that is what the Brexit is about, going into uh, this conference in the next, uh, sorry, I said 13 days, I think it's 10 days, because today is the fifth yeah. or so. So uh, it's just over 10 days uh, until uh, that that conference uh, can be. So uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, as to what plays out Asanda in the, in the next uh, couple of uh, days. Um, we know that uh, uh, there seems to be a, a, a coordinated onslaught on the president uh, uh, from from particular quarters. But uh, the ANC, I think it's important to note, uh, caught one thing after, uh, as of Friday when cancelled meeting after meeting after meeting. And a lot of people saying that uh, if the ANC can't even um, coordinate an own meeting of itself, uh, of its highest decision-making body uh, would have had to cancel meetings because there was contradiction in why the president wasn't there. The chairperson said the president should have been there, the, the acting secretary and the treasurer general pointed to the The president uh, expressed uh, his wish not there, was advised not to be there. Um, but also the question arising that uh, if the president is deployed by the ANC and therefore the ANC NEC um, is gathered at Nazareth uh, to have a meeting uh, concerning this whole scandal that is about him. Uh, who is he consulting with except uh, the party that, that would have deployed him uh, into, into the position? And so the question remains to be answered and many more other questions. And we are completely out of time. So let's leave it on that note, Mpumelelo, on this Monday. Always appreciating your time. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much and uh, uh, a great morning to you and uh, a great week ahead uh, to the listeners at home. Thanks. Pumelelo Mashifane, journalist, social commentator and publisher of 013 News in our trending news.